Hey, we're Ginger and Jeremy Volo, and this is the Hope We Hold podcast. Where we have weekly conversations around our family table to share the hope of Jesus. These are dark days we're living in, and we have been grieving as individuals, as a nation, over the events from last week and the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Jeremy and I, as we watched the video, um, we watched it with shock and horror and sorrow, um, and it's just too much to bear emotionally. And I know many of you are feeling the same, as we should, um, because God has made us as people with minds, intellects, and emotions, and we grieve. Uh, Jesus himself wept, and we weep because of the brokenness of this world. Yeah, to think of Jesus. Um, one of the descriptions of Christ was that he was a man of sorrows. Of all the ways he was and could have been described, he was described as a man of sorrows. Here, the creator of the universe descended into the world he made, and he wept. So today, we want to discuss how a Christian worldview ought to shape our response to what we see going on around us, the hatred, the violence, uh, really the effects of sin in this life. Mm, it's difficult, um, but God has given us some clues about why what is happening is so painful to deal with. And I think we need to start where the Bible starts, which is at creation. Um, and we read this in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. Uh, that's pretty amazing just to think about that, that we are made in the image of God. Yeah, it's what theologians have called the imago Dei, which is uh, just the Latin phrase for the image of God. Mm, yeah. And it gives us dignity um, to every single person, which is why what we witnessed this last week was so horrific. Yeah. Yeah, so the image of God um, on, uh, on man becomes uh, even more incredible when we understand just how majestic and holy and powerful and beautiful God is. Um, for him to care enough about us to make us in his image is truly remarkable. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's exactly what King David felt when he wrote Psalm 8. Um, he, he's writing this psalm. It's, it's set in, in the evening time when, when David, without you know, the modern city lights to, to fade the sky, was, was staring into the sky and he sees the majesty of the celestial beings, the stars. And in, in Psalm 8, King David just, just writes astounded about the beauty and the glory of God. He says, Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set the glory above the heavens. And you can picture him there and looking up, perhaps you've seen in the dark night sky, the, the glittering stars. And, mm. and David sees that as the glory of God. Um, and he says in verse three, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, uh, he's absolutely astounded by who God is. Uh, and then in comparison, David was astounded that God made us to reflect that glory. He says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings 
and crowned him with glory and honor. It's pretty astonishing. Um, so, so we know this, that as we see the beauty of humanity, um, the creativity and ingenuity and persistence, perseverance, the intricacy um, of, of the body and the mind, even the love that, that people have for one another and for community, these are reflections of our maker in us. It, it's the Imago Dei. It's the reflection of the one who made us. But we also see something else when we look at humanity. And sadly, we see the marring hmm. of this beauty, don't we? Yeah, it's uh, what we're seeing in headlines every single day. And it's what we witnessed last week in Minneapolis. And something has happened to God's creation that has messed it up. Yeah, it's called sin. <laughs> Soon after God's original creation, humanity sinned, ushering pain and death into this world. And this sin takes all forms. You see it in hatred, violence, racism, division, abuse, immorality, on and on. The, the well of humanity, you could say, has been poisoned. And though we still see the reflections of God in us and his creation, it's definitely not 100%. Our hearts, bodies, our entire existence has been affected by sin. And so many headlines, um, like what we saw in New York, in the New York Times just a few days ago, um, eight minutes and 46 seconds, how George Floyd was killed in police custody became tragically, they become tragically normal. And it just makes your heart so sick. And it's not supposed to be that way. And we feel that. We feel how unnatural this is. Murder is unnatural. Injustice is unnatural. And death itself is unnatural. Yeah, it is. And, and so as Christians living in this sin-plagued world, um, how are we supposed to respond? We weep. Um, I think the first thing that we need to say is that we should weep with those who weep. Um, people are hurting, and we need to stand with them and weep. And, but we also need to weep at the brokenness around us. And it's just, it's not just the black community crying out over the death of George Floyd. Humanity ought to cry out. Um, it's just so um, heartbreaking to see this. And George was a man made in the image of God. And he uh, was a fellow image bearer, like me, like all of us. And so to see his life taken is just such a tragedy. Yeah, that's right. We ourselves grieve, and we also grieve with those who are grieving. Uh, Jesus wept at the death of his friend Lazarus. Uh, he felt the pain of those he loved. And yet, Jesus knew what he was about to do when it comes to Lazarus. He was about to raise him from the dead. And it's here that uh, I think we need to focus for just a moment. Um, as you're grieving, facing injustice or death or pain of any sort, we need to know that there is one who knows. He, he truly knows. Jesus knows your pain and he cares about your pain. Mm. Jesus Christ is compassionate and compassion is to care. Um, but we can look at a headline, can't we, and say, oh, that's really sad and, mm. and move on with our day. But that's not true compassion. Uh, true compassion does something. True compassion reacts. 
And so we see Jesus wept at the death of Lazarus, and then he raised him from the dead. And there is one, Jesus Christ, who demonstrated the greatest compassion imaginable. Jesus Christ came into this world and wept. He read the headlines. He lived the headlines. Christ created this world in harmony and unity, but sin decimated peace. It brought bloodshed. But instead of just sitting in heaven, Jesus entered earth. He came among us and moved on his compassion. He actually did something. Mm. And we need to pay attention to what he did because what he did is the only ultimate answer to our pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. So when we think about compassion and, and Ginge, you say, how, how do we respond as Christians to the, the events from last week? And you say, well, we weep. We ourselves weep. We weep with those who weep. Um, but compassion moves beyond uh, the, the feeling of pain or sympathy mm-hmm. into the, 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 the realm of action, of doing something. Mm-hmm. And we look at Christ. He wept. We need to weep. But he didn't only weep. He then moved and did something. And, and this is what Jesus did. Listen to the beautiful words from the prophet Isaiah. This is Isaiah 53. It's speaking of Jesus says, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that who, who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. So we read that and we, we think, okay, what did Jesus do? Well, he came to earth to be oppressed. He came to be maligned. He came to be murdered. Why? So that his compassion was not merely a thought, but his compassion was action that rescues. Mm. Jesus Christ took on sin itself to rescue us from sin. And not just the sin of others impacting us, which is prevalent, but the sin of our own hearts. So Jesus Christ can relate to your pain. He can relate to your tears. He can relate to your feelings of anguish. But more than putting an arm on your shoulder and and weeping beside you, he actually has accomplished the great salvation by which you and I can be rescued from sin itself and all the effects of sin. Hmm. Yeah, it makes me think of the verses in Titus that you often bring up, um, Jeremy, that describe the brokenness of this world and then show the beauty of Jesus' salvation. Yeah, I bring them up so often because they're so spot on and succinct in describing the brokenness 
of humanity and, and like you said, the beauty of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, so those verses are, are Titus from Titus 3, beginning in verse 3, where the Apostle Paul says, We ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, uh, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Spirit, whom He poured out on on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. What Paul's saying is we were broken. We were... We were... uh, uh, sin committers. We were committing sin, but we were also affected by sin. We were hating others and hated by others. We were slaves to our lusts, but something happened. But but the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared to save us so that no longer would we be bound by the enslavement of sin and, and, and uh, the effects of sin, but we would be rescued. And Notice what I just read, that we would become heirs according to the hope of eternal life, that there would be this hope that, that, that is beyond the pain of this life. Um, and so Jesus Christ, he knows our pain, but he doesn't only empathize helplessly. He empathizes, yes, but then he enters this world and rescues us. Yeah, and for those who are rescued by turning to Jesus in repentance and faith, an amazing glory awaits in heaven, um, a glory where black, white, and brown, rich and poor, strong and weak, American, African, Asian, European, where we will all sing a unified um, voice to the one who showed true compassion and rescued us. Yeah, um... Baby, why don't you read that passage that you're talking about from, from Revelation? Yeah, it's, it's Revelation 5, 9, and 10. And it says, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Yeah, it's incredible to see the nations gathered. Mm. Um, the, the, like you said, uh, black, brown, white, uh, African, American, European, all these beautiful nations, all these beautiful people that God has made. You know, that's something I, I think about often in that verse is, is there is distinction among us, isn't there? And there's beautiful distinction uh, from the color of our skin to the the cultural homes we, we come from, the, the languages we share, there's beautiful distinction in people. And, and we see that beauty, don't we? And, and the hope of heaven is that one day we will be joined together. All those who have put their faith and trust in Christ will sing a unified song in a unified voice, praising Jesus Christ, who came to rescue them from sin, to rescue them from death itself. And so these are dark days we're living in and we're grieving, but we do not need to grieve as those without hope. Mm. Christian, preach the gospel, preach this gospel 
Only Jesus offers the change that is big enough, strong enough to save us from hatred, abuse, racism, to save us from sin. That's right. Well, thanks for joining us today for the Hope We Hold podcast. We trust that you were encouraged. And it is our hope that your hope would be in Christ alone.